It's Tuesday, February 13, 2024, and you are listening to Uranium Spotlight Podcast, Nuclear's Resurgence in a Clean Energy World, brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group. Great uranium discoveries only come with drilling. Don't miss out on the next big one. PurePoint and partners, Cameco and Arano are drilling right now. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, prices have a jumpy week. We take a good look at micro-reactors, and Cameco releases its 2023 results. Last week's uranium market experienced a slight decline in the spot price, from $107 to $101 U.S. per pound U308. The market exhibited sporadic and erratic movements, with buying interest fluctuating in response to production announcements and news events. Following a peak at $106 in January, Due to increased buying spurred by production shortfalls in Kazakhstan, the spot price jumped to $107 at the start of February, only to see buyers retreat early in the week, leading to a drop in prices. However, later in the week, prices stabilized and even showed a slight upward trend as sellers readjusted their offers. Meanwhile, in the term market, activity remained moderate, with a non-U.S. utility reportedly finalizing its evaluations for a significant purchase while others continued to evaluate offers for future delivery. Overall, the market showed signs of volatility and uncertainty influenced by both short-term fluctuations and long-term procurement strategies of utilities worldwide. The ever-widening gap between uranium fuel supply and an ever-growing number of nuclear reactors is only expected to grow, but one overlooked source of additional demand is small modular reactors, and even more so, their smaller, more agile cousins, micro-reactors. An important milestone in the development of microreactors was reached this past week, as Nanonuclear's Odin Microreactor passed a preconceptual review of its design by the U.S. government-owned Idaho National Laboratory. Microreactors are a new reactor technology that's being driven by remote communities in need of reliable baseload power. Microreactors generate far less energy than a conventional reactor, about 20 times less, but their value comes from their utility. Microreactors are designed to be so small that they can be loaded into the trailer of an 18-wheeler truck and transported to wherever they're needed. They can also be loaded onto rail carriages and the beds of transport aircraft. This has obvious uses for military deployments, emergency response operations in remote areas, or under blackout conditions, and powering isolated areas over the long term. Currently, such important projects are most often able to operate through the use of gas-fueled generators, which cause pollution and still are not as reliable as a microreactor. The benefits of microreactors should be obvious, but there are downsides as well, namely that there are currently no operating examples of reactors this small anywhere in the world, and most prototypes are in the early stages of development. There are also challenges related to arms proliferation due to the more concentrated fuel used in such reactors, as well as regulatory challenges, as most nuclear regulators do not have experience with reactors as small as this. The technology, however, is coming. It's just a matter of when. Multiple governments, including those in the U.S. and Canada, have expressed keen interest in supporting the technology. As early as 2016, the Canadian government had expressed interest in the use of microreactors to power remote communities. The U.S. government has extolled the obvious benefits of microreactors for disaster relief since at least 2020. The U.S. Department of Defense is also looking even more closely at the technology for some of its remote bases through its Project Pele. This leads us to Nanonuclear's Odin Microreactor, whose design is now through preconceptual review by the Idaho National Laboratory. 
The Odin microreactor is a low-pressure coolant reactor, allowing it to be more efficient in terms of the heat produced from the fission reaction, generating more steam and, in turn, more electricity for the same amount of fuel. The preconceptual review demonstrates that even though microreactors may not be here tomorrow, there is a foundation of sensibility to the designs that suggest their promise. Nanonuclear is also producing a solid-core battery reactor called Zeus. The solid-core battery does not require the addition or removal of fuel for its entire lifespan. As such, no highly trained personnel would be needed to maintain or refuel the reactor throughout its operation. The Idaho National Laboratory, which is an ongoing relationship with nanonuclear through the Department of Energy, will also conduct a preconceptual review of the Zeus microreactor. Moltex Flex, out of UK, is another company that's developing microreactors, the Flex Reactor. The Flex Reactor is designed to be as simple as possible and requires refueling once every five years. It's also designed to be rolled out in fleet mode so that plants comprising dozens or even hundreds of these smaller reactors, when added up, can make equivalent energy to one or more standard large reactors. Westinghouse, one of the world's largest builders of large-scale reactors, is also developing the E-Vinci microreactor and has set aside land in Aetna, Pennsylvania for a technology acceleration hub to help produce the technology. In addition to the already mentioned uses, the E-Vinci microreactor could be utilized for hydrogen production, mining operations, industrial process heat, and district heating. As well, like the nanonuclear Odin and Zeus reactors, the E-Vinci microreactor has significant passive safety features, including remote monitoring and Westinghouse's newly developed trezofuel, a type of nuclear fuel which was enriched to 19.75% purity and which is designed to be more resistant to such dangers as neutron radiation, corrosion, oxidation, and excessive temperatures. In the case of the E-Vinci, refueling will be required once every eight years. One more intriguing application for the microreactor is a trip to the moon. Candidates lining up for inclusion in NASA's Artemis mission include the E-Vinci microreactor, a Lougheed Martin microreactor, one developed by X-Energy, Rolls-Royce's version out of the United Kingdom, and one currently under development by CSMC out of Canada. CSMC will not be using a new design, but instead will repurpose the tried-and-true Canadian slowpoke reactor. The advantages of repurposing this research reactor are obvious. For one, it has been rigorously tested through many years of use. On top of that, it is so safe that it can be left completely unmonitored for up to 24 hours. From space to remote communities and microgrids to the heart of conflict and disaster zones, microreactors will soon be ready when and where the world needs them most. At a time when climate-related disasters such as floods, droughts, and hurricanes are exacerbating or outright causing geopolitical instability around the world, there is a dire need for an easy-to-deploy, easy-to-maintain, carbon-free source of electricity that is there when it is needed. Last week, Canadian uranium producer Cameco Corporation released their financial and operational results for the year ended December 31st. Their stock finished the week at $59.27 Canadian per share. In 2023, Cameco saw significant growth across various metrics. Net earnings, adjusted net earnings, and cash from operations more than doubled compared to 2022, with adjusted EBITDA soaring by 93%. This success was attributed to higher sales volumes and realized prices in uranium and fuel services segments. Looking forward to 2024, Cameco anticipates strong financial performance, particularly with the benefits from their investment in Westinghouse Electric Company. They aim to transition to a Tier 1 cost structure, making necessary capital expenditures for sustainable growth. The global demand for nuclear power has increased, 
prompting long-term contracting activities, and Cameco plans to produce 18 million pounds of uranium at each of their MacArthur River, Key Lake, and Cigar Lake sites. Cameco's strategic patience in contracting discussions aims to maximize value while maintaining exposure to higher prices. The company's disciplined approach includes diversifying supply options such as production, purchases, inventory, and loans to manage risks effectively. Moreover, Cameco's acquisition of a 49% interest in Westinghouse positions them for long-term growth with expected adjusted EBITDA of $445 to $510 million in 2024 and continued growth in the coming years. With a strong balance sheet boasting $567 million in cash and cash equivalents and $1 billion in undrawn credit facilities, Cameco remains resilient amid global uncertainties. TD Securities updated their forecasts to reflect 2024 guidance and the planned extension of the Cigar Lake mine to 2036. Their report lowered the target price to $79 from $82 per share, their lower target price reflecting lower EBITDA for 2025 than what had been previously forecast and their slightly lower net asset value. And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of Uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, PurePoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. Join us again next Tuesday for Uranium Spotlight.